Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. Today, I love this topic, and it is no one will be untouched by it. If, if you're in the throes of it, if you know somebody, it is, it's, it's a topic that is really affecting a lot of people in today's world. Our guest is Shelly Bailey. She is passionate about helping families improve fertility. She's a former independent pharmacy co-owner and champion for those with HIV, hepatitis C, and other life-threatening diseases. She's accustomed to putting up a good fight for the right cause. Little did she know, however, how important her passion and gift would become as it became time to focus on family, to focus on finally growing her own family. At the age of 35, and I just want to stop right there. I have three children. I had two in my 20s. I had my son. I conceived when I was 34. He's 25 right now. So back then, that medical community wrote those AMA letters on my file, advanced medical age. I took such offense to it. And you're like, well, you're not that young. Anyway, let, I, I digress. Uh, so at the age of 35 and seemingly healthy, she was unable to conceive in the first months of trying. With growing concern, Shelley sought out the guidance of her OBGYN, only to be told, just wait and see, and there's always IVF. In her heart, she knew there were better options, more proactive steps to take to help her body prepare for a healthy pregnancy from the inside out. So she got to work. I'm going to let her fill in the blanks and the timeline as to how she became a mama and founder of what is now known as Family Health. So welcome, welcome, Shelly. Well, first of all, Stephanie, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And your comments about advanced maternal age uh, resonates with me because still uh, clinics 
use the threshold of anything over 35 as um, the common nomenclature that's been shared with me is a geriatric pregnancy. So I had a geriatric pregnancy at age 35. So it's maternal, not. Uh, so oh, I, I didn't even. Paternal yeah. age is, is, oh, the, okay. is a term, but my providers have been calling it geriatric. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. the love. Okay. You want to hear. But yes, so I, I did conceive my daughter at age 35 and I'm um, 38 and I'm 25 weeks pregnant again. Yay. Congratulations. Thank you. So great story for me, but I guess I'll just back up with sharing you with you a little bit more and your listeners about my background in healthcare and what led me to starting family. In 2018, my partner and I had sold our specialty pharmacy. So we had a pharmacy that was a local mom and pop that people could walk into, but we also provided a lot of advanced clinical solutions for people living with HIV and hepatitis C. As part of that offering that we provided, we did a lot of government affairs and advocacy work. So that was what kind of helped build my base and foundation related to advocacy. And, you know, I was 35 years old, had taken some stress off my plate temporarily with not currently, you know, owning a pharmacy. And I thought, wow, I'm an overachiever. I should be able to get pregnant, <laughs> right? Like, I think I know how to do it. It shouldn't be difficult. You I know? have fun. And, I have fun yeah, trying. I, sure. I know how to do it. So it really shouldn't be a big deal. And just found that I wasn't getting pregnant. And I'm a person who likes to plan. So, you know, I went to my OBGYN and, and you know, typically for, well, for people over 35, about six months of trying is when they really want you to be talking with your medical provider and possibly getting referrals to reproductive endocrinologists. So I went to my OBGYN and just said, Hey, you know, we've been trying to conceive, haven't been getting pregnant. You know, what can you do to kind of help support me, you know, in growing my family. And as much as I like and value and respect the skills of this OBGYN or gynecologist that I was going to, she just basically said, you know, that's not really what I do. Um, but I can help hold your hand and direct you to an IVF clinic in town. And here at Family, we are very supportive of all sorts of different, you know, family expansion options. And IVF is obviously a very important one for many families. We do also refer families and women to IVF. But I just felt in the back of my mind, like, gosh, maybe there is something I could do before I pursue IVF that was empowering and actionable and kind of something I could start working on right away. So I found a new medical provider, kind of shared with her my story. This doctor had been trained in functional medicine. And I just said, hey, you know what? What would you suggest I do? Right. You know, to what are your options? My- there have to yeah. be some. Exactly. And so she said, you know, it really kind of starts with your hormones. So she said, we need to test your hormones and we need to really figure out if you have hormonal imbalances. And if you do have hormonal imbalances, then we can work together on treating those imbalances, both with medications and with, you know, diet and lifestyle changes. So in my specific case, and, you know, everyone's stressed in their own different way. Mine had been professional stress, but other people have personal challenges going on. I mean, we're all stressed in in one way or another. And and stress has a huge impact on our hormones. And that's not just in your fertility stage of life, but that's also in menopause, menopause, all stages of life. Stress actually impacts both female and male reproductive hormones. And so 
you know, found out for me that I was very low in estrogen. I was very low in testosterone. I was low in vitamin D. These are not prescribing protocols for anyone, but that was just my unique hormonal imbalances. Physically, did you think that you were dragging? Did you like every month when you got your period, was it hard? You know, like, were you surprised? I guess I didn't have a lot of symptoms that a lot of women like with PCOS might have, but I think so many of us are just used to feeling terrible that you realize you feel terrible because you have three cups of coffee. You kind of perk up temporarily. I can say that. So I wasn't shocked when I got my results. It saw that my hormones were off, but I was very shocked how I felt after I started taking some medication. I felt fabulous. I felt like I could rule the world. Once my hormones were more balanced, I didn't know what good felt like until my hormone. And I'm a, and I'm a young, I mean, I believe I'm a young woman, right? So it also for women that have hormonal changes for other periods of life, you know, I think same go for many of them having their hormones tested and treated would really have a lot of positive outcomes for people. And so, you know, I guess I was encouraged to know that there was something I could work on to like help it my fertility. So personally, I started taking, you know, some estrogen, some testosterone and some progesterone, and then tried to conceive again, you know, a few months later and, and was able to conceive. And I was like, well, this is obviously fantastic for me, not to suggest that that'll work for everyone. But so for me, you know, I was very encouraged that there was something that I could work on that was actionable. And started, you know, deciding that, gosh, I have so many friends just in my network. Why don't I start referring friends that have either had a lot of pregnancy losses, so they didn't struggle conceiving, but they struggle maintaining pregnancy, as well as friends like me who weren't getting pregnant. So I started sending more and more of my friends to this provider. People were getting pregnant every, you know, we were all so happy. And so finally, in December of 2020, I decided, okay, it's time to blend my professional background in healthcare and really bring something to market so we can help more families. So family was incorporated in December of 2020. And, and your spell family, F-A-M-L-E-E. Correct. Yeah. So, and that, so it's family is the company name. And our tagline is actually balance for baby and beyond because we want to help women balance their hormones for fertility as well as other times during their journey. So with related to hormonal health. So what we're, we're starting with right now is fertility that, you know, most of 2021 really building kind of the back end infrastructure of the company, you know, creating a working with a distributor and really kind of working on our fertility solution that we brought direct to consumer in April of 2021. But during I guess I was also a new mother. I forgot. Oh, by the way, she did have a baby. So she has one with another on the way. That's the great news. So product, what are you helping others with? The actual hormones? What are we doing? Yeah, we're, so we're, we're helping from our perspective with all parts of it. Um, so family is really the nation's first 50 state fertility telehealth network solution. So right now there's companies you can go to for IUI and IVF support and reproductive endocrinologists, but there's no one offering fertility telehealth with at-home labs and drug delivery to someone's home. So we see ourselves as a one-stop shop for hormone imbalance. 
So the NIH suggests that about 40% of fertility challenges are hormonal related. So that's the kind of core who we're looking to serve. If someone knows they have blocked fallopian tubes, so if they have structural challenges, if they have some known chromosomal abnormalities, we are not, um, you know, at this current stage able to help them. We can refer them. But for the 40% of the population and many of that piece of the population is often told they have unexplained infertility, those are the women and families that we're able to serve at this time. So if, and I'm going to ask a lot of questions only because I was, you know, I was blessed and had three kids, uh, you know, we, I don't even think ever used the word trying, you know, my son was definitely a souvenir from a fun vacation. So if I'm going to perhaps look for an answer and maybe in the hormonal imbalance arena, Prior to, I've tried, I've tried and we haven't been successful, perhaps main, mainstream medicine is going to say, all right, well, here, then go down to this next door because the IVF is, you know, you want to open that one, but I don't have to. But if I went to IVF, I would think that they also are going to check some, check for hormones amongst other things. I mean, I'm, I know people that have gone through it and the regimen is mind boggling. Absolutely. And so, you know, one of the challenges with making a a broad based statement is there is very disparate, different levels of treatment and care at reproductive endocrinology offices. So there are some IVF clinics that test lots of different hormones. Of course, the ones that I shared with you that I personally had estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, those are, those are tested by all clinics because they're, they're looking at those, um, as part of, you know, what they need to do with their treatment plans. Where families unique, where most OBGYNs don't test and, and definitely more, more reproductive endocrinology clinics test, not all, are some of the hormones like vitamin D. One is a kind of TPOAB, which is an autoimmune condition marker. Those, we also test for fasting insulin and hemoglobin A1C, which are uh, related to if you have insulin resistance and glucose trouble. And so we are looking at all of the hormones that a reproductive endocrinology clinic would look at, but then also incorporating a lot of the whole body health type of hormones that really have an impact on fertility, but people just for whatever reason, sometimes don't get care and treatment for those instances that that significantly impact reproductive health. We've had so many women that we've worked with that said, you know, I did IVF. I I didn't have a successful intervention, but found out later that I had really high thyroid and really low vitamin D. Now there are definitely IVF clinics out there that test and treat for both. So I am not here to suggest that the clinics don't do that, but sometimes with just kind of how the medical system is right now, chronic care is not really integrated into what people do when you go to IVF. You're there specifically to have a baby. You do what you can to have a baby. You move on, right? And and we're saying, okay, let's step back. Let's check all your reproductive. So let's look at the rest of you because if you have an autoimmune condition, like we, our providers just met with someone this week, 
She had a very high FSH, which is a follicle stimulating hormone. And then she had some really high autoimmune condition markers. She had no idea that she didn't even know she had an autoimmune condition. And so until those types of underlying conditions can be treated, her, even if she had went to IVF, it's very unlikely she would have been successful. You know, and the great news is, yes, we want to help someone have a baby. Of course, that is our goal. But we also want to be able to help people feel good. If you didn't know that your hemoglobin A1C was 6.5, because a lot of people with insulin resistance don't even know that they have a challenge, you know, we can start treating you with metformin and different drugs that can help support you so that your overall health is improved, which also then impacts your fertility. Yes, it becomes a domino effect. I want to just expand a little on my favorite topic, vitamin D that most of us are deficient, regardless of how much you take. How does, yeah, there's not enough sun, there's not any nutrients in our food. How do you get your body, how do you get your levels up and maintain those levels? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, so something kind of about vitamin D that I thought I would share. So, you know, I guess I'll step back a little bit, but I'll still address vitamin D. We hear from women all the time. Hey, my OBGYN already checked my labs. He said my labs are good, right? And so, and this is a huge messaging lift that is is something that, you know, we're working on. But, you know, doctors get your labs results. You know, we've all seen our lab report where this is a standard range and this is where you fall. A little high, a little low. Yeah. The challenge with all those types of reporting is, that's what's standard range for a 38-year-old woman. It does not mean it's standard range for a 38-year-old woman trying to conceive. And that's one of the biggest educational challenges when we talk about labs just in general is, yeah, what is average does not necessarily mean it's average trying to conceive. So, for example, you were asking about vitamin D. Kind of standard ranges, if you go to any laboratory partner, they're going to say a range of 30 to 80 is optimal for, you know, vitamin D. If you're in that range, you're fine. However, for fertility, and again, we are not here to be someone's medical provider, but I'm sharing this. Disclaimer for abound, sure. This is only, you know, we, with our clinicians, we look at appropriate vitamin D levels of 60 to 100. So, that is a huge delta from what is considered normal for vitamin D versus normal for fertility. So obviously spending more time out in the sun, your audience is not able to, you know, to see what I look like, but I'm an extremely fair skinned person. My family is Finland. So I definitely don't have a lot of melanin. A lot of my friends like to tell me I'm quite melanin deficient, but (laughs) (laughs) supplement with vitamin D. And, and so this is why lab testing, you know, lab testing is helpful because if you knew your level, you can figure out what to supplement. A lot of providers, you know, may suggest that it's 2000 international units a day. Some people take 5,000, some people take it up to 10,000 to get them at a more appropriate range. And then they dose down. And so again, that's why it, it is good to know, you know, your lab ranges One of the kind of challenges, though, with labs, and this is a lot of why, you know, I built family is there are lots of companies you can buy at home labs from, right? I mean, I'm sure your audience members who are interested in fertility already know about those types of companies. 
the challenge with any at-home lab testing is, okay, you might get some lab results, but then it's, what do you do from there? And what I found with purchasing at-home labs for fertility for different girlfriends and myself is, okay, you might see some things that seem alarming, but how do you then convince your doctor to review them and treat you? And is your doctor even experienced in that condition to be able to treat you? And, you know, I really took from my background in HIV and Hep C, it's not only unethical, but it's actually illegal to do an HIV test on someone and say, hey, you have HIV, good luck with that, right? Because 20 years ago, when the drugs weren't as good, that was a death sentence. So you couldn't just give a lab report and say, oh, this is your medical condition, have fun figuring out what to do. You know, and I thought, okay, if, if we're doing this with HIV and Hep C, where we're holding someone's hand and we're really closing the gap around treating them, how could we possibly tell some woman you have low ovarian reserve, meaning you don't have very many eggs, kind of good luck with that, right? And then, then that's kind of the whole for me with at-home labs was I didn't want, because personally this even happened to me during this journey, is you get your lab results, it's Friday night, your doctor's not available, you're reviewing them and, and you look at them and you're like, wow, am I ever going to have a baby? So a family, that's where we want to take it. the approach different was labs are a tool but we're here to treat you. We just use labs as one of the tools in our toolkit. So just a stepping stone. So tell me about what are these at-home labs? How do they work? If I want to see where I'm at. Absolutely. So I'll share with you, I guess, how our process works. But of course, other at-home labs, it's, it's kind of a similar similar process. And again, our just differentiator is I look at us as labs as a tool, not as labs as our service. So in the example of family, we test for 14 different hormones. So most of the at-home labs you might find for fertility right now test up to eight different hormones. And that's because, again, they're very focused on reproductive hormones only. So with family, we test for 14 different hormones. And while we're chatting, I'll actually open our kit and kind okay, of good. Um, good i'm visual i'm gonna yeah, yes a very pretty box walk you through the the journey too so at family we test for 14 different hormones and with these at-home tests one of the great you know innovations over the last 10 years has been the ability to do what they call dried blood spot which is similar if you know anyone who has to test their blood glucose at home your finger with a little lancet, you draw some blood. So with family, as well as with any other at-home lab company, that's how you start your journey with your at-home labs. And so I'm just kind of showing you as we can. So people receive their labs as part of their kit from us. They start with a lancet, they their finger, they then put their blood samples on these cards. On the card. Mm -hmm. And then you mail them back to the lab partner for the analysis. In the case of family, as well as other companies that are doing reproductive, female reproductive health, it is important what day you take your labs. So I talk to women all the time that'll say, oh yeah, my doctor ordered my labs and they're fine. And my first question is always, what day of your cycle did you take the labs and what labs did you take on certain days? And a lot of women will say, oh, I took them, you know, when I had time to go to the lab. So kind of like whenever I felt like it. So, and, and again, there's a lot of OBGYNs who definitely order on the correct days too. So I'm not suggesting everyone 
but it is important for most labs for reproductive health to be taken on cycle day two or three of your menstrual cycle. So cycle day is I got my period on Saturday. So Monday I'm taking my blood. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of the, the way to think of it is if someone starts bleeding before 5 p.m., we consider that cycle day one. If someone actually starts bleeding after 5 p.m., we consider the next day cycle day one. But that's why um, that's why we, we there's some flexibility there on cycle two or three. And then, so in the case of family, we test, uh, look, we test for fasting blood glucose, which means that's why we want you to take it in the morning, you know, when you've fasted and not had any food for eight hours. We test for hemoglobin A1C. We test for TSH, free T3, free T4, vitamin D, estradiol, FSH, luteinizing hormone, AMH, and TPOAB. And we test all of those on cycle day two or three. And I share that list. And at the end, I can share a page where we just have that list of labs. So even if you know women aren't working with family, of course, they could have that list of labs to ask their doctor about and take our our PDF to their doctor's appointment with them. But we also then have women test their progesterone and their testosterone on approximately cycle day 21. You know, one of the challenges, again, with at-home labs, when you say take your test on cycle day 21, that only matters if you have a 28-day cycle. And as you're probably very well aware, our body won't fit a calendar where everyone has a 28-day cycle. And so our medical team really advises, and that's why in our kit, we provide pregnancy and ovulation tests as well, is we suggest women take those last two labs seven days after they've had a positive ovulation predictor test, because some women might have that luteinizing hormone surge on cycle day 10. And then some women, maybe with PCOS that menstruate every 90 days, you know, they might have that surge on cycle day 50 which is why we don't like to just say test on day 21, because again, we know that um, not everyone has a 28 day cycle. I know people that have much shorter cycles. I know people that have much longer cycles. So, and then with the, when you were saying you can use your ovulating test or what have you. So I know that there are, and I don't know, I just know from what I've heard, like ovulating apps maybe oh yeah there's all there's all sorts of ways to help someone can predict ovulation and then i guess i should back up with say with family we have a mobile app as well uh, mobile app is actually a critical piece of our care delivery system because we do for women who you know purchase our family fertility program we do all of our medical intake on our mobile app so just like if you went to a ivf clinic or your OBGYN. We're asking all your medical intake on the mobile app, as well as we're pushing your lab results and things through the mobile app as well. But yes, there's all sorts of um, ovulation predictor apps that can help you predict ovulation. One of the biggest misinformation out there related to ovulation tests are that, you know, I mean, I'll show you ours and there's, there's tons on the market, of course, just be, and they look like pregnancy tests, but instead of they actually look just like pregnancy tests, except they test for a different hormone, is women think if you're fortunate enough to see two lines on your ovulation prediction, women often think that means you ovulated. And, and I can say that actually early in my journey, I thought that too, when I was trying to conceive my daughter, 
which is, you know, my background in healthcare, I probably should have known better. But anyways, that's what I thought. And the challengers, those tests are, are looking at a surge in something called a luteinizing hormone. So it's showing that you're having a surge of luteinizing hormone. That actually doesn't mean you have ovulated. It means you will likely ovulate in 12 to 36 hours. But just because you have a surge of luteinizing hormone actually doesn't mean you even will ovulate. The way to, so a lot of women say, hey, I got two lines. It said, yeah, I ovulated. let's go. Come on. Game why, on. Did sure. I, why did I not yeah. get pregnant this cycle? And so the way to really confirm if you had an ovulation and how strong it was is to test that progesterone on that approximate cycle day 21. And is to, is to test that progesterone on approximately cycle day 21, which is why that's an extremely important part of the labs that we test for to see in that month. Did you, did you ovulate? And if you did ovulate, like how strong was that ovulation? So are you saying that some people don't ovulate every month? Absolutely. Especially women with different endocrine and metabolic challenges. Yeah. Women. And that, and that's kind of the, and, there, and there's other ways to try to predict ovulation. Some of the well-known methods that have worked, you know, for a very long time with the, you know, family, different family planning methods are to check your basal body temperature, also to check your cervical mucus. And so it's really when someone has that more egg white consistency, suggests that they're ovulating. But yeah, it's for someone who has been struggling conceiving, definitely getting, whether you work with family or not, getting that cycle day 21 approximate progesterone is really important to try to identify, you know, what's going on in your body. And then it's also a very key hormone in supporting pregnancy. So then there's women who, you know, are able to conceive, but their progesterone levels are, are so low that they're not able to maintain their pregnancy, which is why if you have any listeners, you know, right now that have experienced pregnancy loss, first of all, I'm very sorry for your losses, but I would like to highlight if you have had pregnancy loss, that definitely talk to your doctor about testing your progesterone levels. And one of the, again, just because someone's experience happened to them doesn't mean it'll happen to someone else, but one of my best friends and one of our first customers had six pregnancies and six pregnancy losses. And I just felt in my gut, gosh, you should get your progesterone tested. I actually bought her an at-home kit before ours was available. She got her at-home labs. It showed that she had low progesterone. She took it to her doctor and her doctor still felt it was standard range and she had another pregnancy loss. And thankfully, you know, we got up and running and we were able to our providers felt very strongly that her progesterone was not optimal to maintaining a pregnancy, was able to help her support her progesterone with a prescription for progesterone. And her daughter was born in. Um, ah. so, oh, that's a wonderful story. And, okay. Yeah. That is not to suggest that everyone who's experienced miscarriage has that challenge, but it is a very common hormonal challenge for women that struggle with maintaining pregnancy or or conceiving in the first place. And so it's an inexpensive lab that women can ask their doctors about. I pretty much suggest anyone listening to definitely talk to their doctor about it. So in simple terms, it's really all about and what the body, let's say, I'll say should do naturally. And that is preparing itself 
to carry this life. So all levels have to be where they should be. And so for you, the vessel to be able to give life to conceive and grow and eventually through the grace of God birth the child. Yeah. And you hit on a a really key point. And, you know, sometimes we talk about fertility so much and we get so focused on creating this baby, right. That we forget that if the mother or the, the person, you know, carrying the child is not healthy hormonally, there's going to be lasting impacts on, on potentially on the baby, on the mother's ability to carry full term. And that's why hormonal health is such a critical piece that that really the medical community, frankly, just often doesn't have time for, right? It's like, look, often overlooked. Sure. Yeah. If you're not conceiving, I'll send you to IVF. IVF will say, Hey, we want to help you. We want to do what we can to help you conceive. Once you conceive, Great. You know, now, now you can move forward in your working with your OBGYN, but sometimes just our underlying health conditions get overlooked often also because, you know, IVF providers are very busy. You know, one of the, obviously there's all sorts of challenges related to COVID and healthcare, but one of the really unfortunate outcomes was in March of 2020, when elective surgeries were stalled there were women who were starting their fertility journey with IVF and unless they'd already started actually taking their meds and things, they weren't able, they had to pause their journey. And, and what is it also really created obviously heartbreak for these families who were looking to, to pursue their IVF during that period, but it also created this huge backlog for these reproductive endocrinologists because they had quite a few months where they weren't able to provide interventions and services for people. And so Right now, you know, even just to get into some of these reproductive endocrinologists, you have to wait quite a while for an initial visit. And sometimes if someone just, if someone, I don't want to say just because that's not helpful, but if someone has challenges like insulin resistance, which maybe means their BMI is not in a range that the IVF clinic feels there's going to be a good outcome, they'll often say, hey, we'd like you to come back when you've lost some weight. And, you know, people with PCOS and different endocrine conditions, they, they are clearly obviously know some people understand that weight loss would be helpful in their journey. But when you have these metabolic and endocrine challenges, it's not just easy. It's, it's not that easy just to eat uh, salads. I mean, and- I think weight management for, for many people, including myself, is difficult. And I don't have those underlying health conditions. And so there, there are people that are also told you're just not a good fit because of your you know, health background. And so, you know, that's another good place where family is able to fit in and say, Hey, let's, let's help get you, um, get your hormonal health, you know, in alignment, often treating people that have these endocrine challenges with different medications leads to weight loss and they're not being prescribed for weight loss, but it just helping balance their hormones helps them kind of assist them a little bit in the journey. So in addition to obviously the at-home kit, I heard you say a few times, teledoc, telesupport. Yeah. So tell us, tell us about tele. Absolutely. And I'm glad you asked that because that is one of the kind of most common questions we get is, hey, I can buy at-home labs. Yours are seemingly expensive at-home labs. Why would I, why would I buy that? And again, I guess my, my story is 
the labs are just our tool. What is unique about us is we're, we're treating you. So what we do is we, yes, we want to know your lab results and we, our providers receive that direct from the laboratory partners. So we really start off with, first of all, getting your medical intake, which takes about 30 minutes on our mobile app because we offer very comprehensive care during our clinical visits. So we start by taking your clinical history which includes all sorts of factors that we ask. We get pretty personal with your lab results, with our clinical protocols for fertility. And we combine those together and develop personalized treatment plans that our telehealth providers then, you know, provide to our consumers so that you're spending your entire appointment talking about fertility, but because we have all the information already, we're looking at real data. We're not just saying, well, maybe you could, you know, try to eat more, you know, fats and lean protein and more leafy greens, but we're actually saying, wow, Shelly, based on your unique body composition, you know, this is in your hormonal health. This is exactly what we should be doing to treat you with different medications. And then of course the providers will make diet and lifestyle suggestions if people want to make them, but my background in pharmacy and such is, you know, that, that we use FDA approved medications. This might be five questions in one, so I'm just going to spew them. So you work with your clients first, really to see what's going on, you know, identify, make a plan. Let's get in balance. Good news. You've conceived great news. You've delivered and you have, you have a baby. So post-baby, what happens to those hormones that now take a dive, go all off the charts, all over again? Is there something that you offer that can, again, steady the plane that is just wobbling? Well, it makes me smile because it makes me feel like you had like a secret copy of my investor slide. <laughs> but, um, no, uh, I've just had three kids. I know, I know the ride. <laughs> yeah. And so, and it, you know, the reason why we're not called family fertility or something is because we want to be here to support women through their entire journey. So there's, there's a few products that we're working on developing to bring to women and families. So first of all, is what we've shared about our 50 state fertility telehealth network. So we're able to test your labs and treat you, send you medications. And that's wonderful. The next stage that we focus on is then that trimester one support, because right now there isn't a whole lot of trimester one support for women. For example, pregnant women like me are often said to that we don't want to see you at the OBGYN's offices until you're 10 weeks. That's kind of the standard unless you've had pregnancy losses and things. Well, often pregnancy losses, if you're going to have one, happen before 10 weeks. And so I guess our next development roadmap for what we're going to be providing to people is to definitely at a minimum check that progesterone right when someone very soon when women realize they're pregnant because we want to be able to help support them at a minimum with progesterone but of course other labs that might be appropriate for them which could also include their blood glucose and things like that and while you're first pregnant or while you're pregnant is, is it safe to continue taking hormones? There's different. There's some medications that have indications that you can. There's some that you can't. So for example, 
We don't want women on testosterone it, once they figure out they're pregnant. Different doctors might suggest different things, but yes. So we want to know, even for our fertility product before we're prescribing for you, that's also why we provide pregnancy tests. Yes, we just want to be part of your journey if you find out you're pregnant and if that's wonderful news, but it's also because clinically we want to confirm you're not pregnant before we're, we're starting to prescribe medications. So the product development roadmap, since, since you've asked, is the next product is trimester one support, but then after trimester one support, it's definitely postpartum support. And this is something I personally have a story with as well, but the, you know, one of the drivers of, of some of the postpartum depression symptoms and not just depression, but postpartum anxiety, weight management challenges and, and the like is the sharp fall off of hormones. Some women have a little more of a gradual taper and those women don't necessarily experience as many of the symptoms as other women. But for some women, there is a vertical drop. And actually what's really fascinating is our lab partner, because I mean, I'm just being transparent here, I don't own the lab. We work with labs, just like most at-home lab companies. The lab partner that we're working with, the founder actually has a background in IVF. And so for years, he was an IVF provider and he liked to tell me that he created the most beautiful embryos of anyone out there. But he also has a passion for postpartum solutions for women. And so we, we definitely, one of the, the things that we want to be able to offer soon is to be able to test women's hormones for postpartum. So like for me specifically, I ended up taking estrogen relatively soon after I delivered to help me with some of the personal symptoms that I was experiencing. But of course, other women may have other medication needs that would be helpful to them. And then of course, since the tagline is balanced for baby and beyond, it's, it's often the same hormones, but in different amounts that women need in perimenopause. In peri, well as and post. Uh-huh. Yep. And, and so like, it sounds kind of funny to say, but when I was 37 or I guess maybe I was 35 when I was on some of the hormones and then I guess postpartum, I was 36 or something. I was on the same hormones as my mother who I have a very young mother. My mother's 59, but we were actually taking the same hormones in different amounts and for different right? I was doing balance myself for fertility and for postpartum period, my mom was using them to balance her hormones um, for menopause. So that's where we're going. But where wow, I like it a lot. We yeah. are right now is uh, specifically for fertility care. We talked about uh, you're going to get this kit, you're going to do your blood, you have pregnancy chest just in case, because we do want to see where you're at while we're still monitoring. And then all along the way, all along the process, you're supported wherever you're located in the 50 states. I'm guessing with a Zoom call, with a with a teledoc somewhere that is checking in. And how often does the check-in happen? Yeah. So with our current direct-to-consumer offering, we offer a first telehealth visit once your labs are ready to kind of go through, you know, what's going on and what our clinical treatment plan is. And then we have a follow-up appointment 60 to 90 days later. It depends on kind of what happened during that first visit, but we definitely want to be able to monitor how well the medications are doing, you know, what, what are your outcomes. So right now when women purchase our family fertility solution, they are getting two telehealth visits 
But if women end up with a very short visit, some women need a prescription to even help them bleed. So like if, if a woman's not menstruating at all, we have a short visit to help prescribe medications to help help that first menstrual bleed so that they can even take their labs. We're, we're a little flexible because obviously if someone's not having that full 30 minute appointment, we still want to make sure they're optimizing, you know, the visits that they're able to have with our provider. I guess something else I should share with these at-home labs is one of the kind of terms we use is also, if we see something, we say something. So if we see something in someone's labs, their anti-malarian hormone is a lab that women are talking about a lot in the fertility space right now. And it's basically kind of giving you a picture as to, you know, what's going on um, related to, you know, how many eggs you have and things. We are not going to suggest someone go through our entire journey and take medications for three to six months. If we see that the way your unique lab makeup is, we're going to tell you on the front end, hey, we know building your family is really important to you. We do feel that it would be best for you to go to an IVF clinic sooner than later. And that's why we actually made sure that we're testing for the same hormones an IVF clinic is testing for and more because we want to be able to then say, hey, here's what we've tested. Here's our results. So we can share those with the service providers. But we certainly know that, I mean, none of us want our time wasted in general, but to waste someone's like fertility window time would be extraordinarily terrible. And so we don't want to be doing that. So if we see something in your lab results that suggest you do need more invasive solution, if that's what you're looking for, we make sure to say that on the front end. You mentioned early in the conversation stress and how we all have it and how we all handle it very, very differently. And I, I guess it's just a general question or a general observation is sometimes when I think a lot of women perhaps are trying to race the clock, let's hurry up. I need to do this and, and for whatever the reason is, and does that, does that affect, I would perhaps an outcome of even if you're, you know, let's, let's balance this and, you know, maybe something happened in an adverse way on, you know, the second month that, you know, kind of just tilted everything and threw it out of whack. Are there, there outside, I'll say feelings or actions that obviously affect the chemical results? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, as you've indicated, I mean, that's why you hear a lot of kind of stories from people that they well, of course, as soon as we stopped trying, we conceived or as soon as we started the adoption journey, you know, we can, and I believe our clinical team really believes there is a, a huge stress piece that, you know, and stress mitigation is different solutions work for different people. I definitely hesitate to say, oh, if you just stop worrying about it, you'll get. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, course, absolutely that, not. That is definitely, you know, obviously very offensive to a lot of women, but yeah, stress, stress definitely impacts it. So, you know what, there's some people who prefer to focus on breathing and meditation. There's people, it's many different relaxation techniques that, that might work for each individual person is, is a very important piece of trying to support someone through their fertility journey. And, and honestly, you know, long-term, we'd like to be able to build in those types of service offerings to people. Um, many IVF clinics also build those types of services in for people. There's also a really impactful behavioral health component of this, that when people are trying to conceive, it's extraordinarily stressful. 
And, you know, a lot of women and families really benefit from some additional counseling and, and things and support, you know, there's, there's lots of great groups on Facebook that exist to help different women trying to conceive that are safe spaces. But I do think as a society, you know, fertility challenges impact one in eight couples, but the challenges most of the time, you know, we just don't talk about it. I talk to insurance brokers a lot because we also offer a solution for employers And I'll tell you, I mainly speak with men just because that must be the makeup of the people in that industry. But I haven't had one interview with with anyone where someone hasn't said either my myself and my wife are struggling. My sister is struggling. My best friend is struggling. It's it's pervasive, but yet we don't talk about it. And so and that's, you know, one of the, the challenges you know, even kind of in the employer space is there's so many couples struggling and employers don't recognize it because no one's going to go to HR and say, or not no one, but it's a harder discussion to go to HR. And it's say, very hard. And for the record, I do HR during the day. That's and my yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody, nobody's going to come and say that. You're right. I've come to it after they've used their entire personal savings on IVF and they still are looking, you know, to have a successful outcome. And I guess, I only say that because I shared with you my background with HIV and Hep C and advocacy. That was a big part of what I did. And fertility and advocacy, I I feel equally passionate about. There's 18 states right now that have fertility, fertility mandates related to certain types of care that employers have to be able to offer. With your HR background, that might be something you'd be interested in knowing about. But I share that, um, you know, I share that today just to to mention that people, you know, whether they work with family or anyone else, it is something that you might, you know, talk to your employer about. Self-funded insurers are exempt from those laws. But I just want to share that, you know, advocacy does work. And, you know, it's definitely something we want to be more involved with as an organization. I'll go ahead and pause and actually state the states that have a fertility mandate in case any of your listeners are in those states. Those states are Arkansas, California, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Montana for HMOs only, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Ohio when deemed medically necessary, Rhode Island, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. That was excellent. We're going to put them in the show notes, actually, also, so they can okay, read and still listen to it at the same time. It's that's important. No, thank you. That was that was definitely key, and and it's all a piece of it. It's not just you know where are my lab results at, as you said. It's just a piece of a very big puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the the state laws related to those, I am not here to suggest that those 18 states have an IVF mandate because they don't. But those 18 states often will then, there's mandates to cover lab testing or there's mandates to cover certain treatment protocols. Family actually meets or exceeds those legal requirements in 15 of the states. The three that we don't, which again, for a direct-to-consumer, they likely don't care as much, but that's Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas, just because they have a more comprehensive benefit that includes some IVF, 
And since we're not currently you know, providing IVF services, of course, we wouldn't meet those requirements. But again, I share that just because I am very passionate about advocacy. Since your background is an HR professional, I do feel that it's really important for the listeners that you do share with the HR department, at least even if you're pursuing solutions that you're paying cash for right now, I think it's important to share so that HR managers understand that there is a need at their company. And next time they speak with their benefits brokers and things, might be they might maybe you could start nudging your employers to start asking about those types of benefits. For that coverage. Yes. No, many don't. I'm very involved in believe me, the, the benefits end of it. And and Mary, a lot of plans don't offer it. When you get one that that does, wow, jump right on that. And yeah, no, there's so many um, ins and outs of it. And again, that was a tangent, but I just no, no, no. That's <laughs> we're not following any roadmap. We veered off, and then we'll turn right back. So first, a thank you. This has been like so educational, so interesting, and I know all of the listeners because, as we say, we know someone. And if you don't know someone in your inner, you know it in the next level or someone that, you know, it's, it's no one, unfortunately, is untouched by a struggle. They, you know, and it happens. But thankfully, there's places and companies like yours that, you know, definitely offer the solution, a solution, a different solution. Absolutely. So tell everybody where we're going to find you on social, the website, how to order a kit if they're interested, like kind of first steps, go. Oh, yeah. So first of all, if if anyone is just interested in learning more about your hormones, but you're not at a position where you're interested in working with family fertility, I would still encourage you to go to family, F-A-M-L-E-E.com forward slash checklist, because on that page, you'll be able to input some of your information and receive a free PDF that just specifically goes through the 14 hormones we test for why they're um, critical to have in balance for your hormonal health and your fertility journey. And you could always bring that checklist to the next appointment that you have with your own gynecologist. So for general information, I would encourage anyone who has any interest in fertility, even if you don't, maybe you do it so that you have that resource to share, you know, with a friend or a sister or a cousin. And then for women who are, you know, maybe thinking about IVF or who are currently working with your OBGYN or gynecologist, and maybe you just don't feel like you're getting um, the type of comprehensive care that you're looking for. I would encourage you to go to family.com, F-A-M-L-E-E, forward slash get the kit, G-E-T-T-H-E-K-I-T. And you know, just for as a as a thank you for listening to the podcast today, I want to make sure that we extend a $200 off coupon code that we're able to provide listeners. Absolutely. And so the coupon code is FAMILY200, F-A-M-L-E-E-200. So again, if someone visits family.com, get the kit, you're also, again, able to read a lot of information related to the hormones, you know, how we treat people, more about the process. I guess the other resource that we should mention is just family.com forward slash resources. We spent a lot of time you know, working with our clinical team on any type of question that they had had during their 
you know, journey serving women in fertility. And we really tried to address as many of those questions as possible on our resources page. It's funny, you know, we created all those resources and I often can tell that people don't necessarily find them <laughs> on the website. And so I would encourage people to visit family.com forward slash resources. If you're just looking for overall resources related to fertility, we have a lot of links on that page related to the LGBTQI community. So a lot of different resources to help those couples as well as single mothers, because for these, these individuals, the process is, is just by default, not as simple. You know, we can help test hormones maybe to determine what partner might be in a better position to carry a pregnancy and things. But then there's also, um, you know, challenges maybe with embryo adoption, with sperm procurement and things. And so we definitely wanted to provide as many free resources that we could on family.com forward slash resources. I have to thank you, A, for your time and being so generous, B, for this information that is amazing and for your journey. And again, pun intended, mother of invention. And the fact that you're like, we're going to share this. We are going to, you know, share it with others. And that is a wonderful thing and a very selfless. And I do appreciate it. And I know that nothing but great success is headed your way because you're just beginning. Well, I appreciate the compliment. And, you know, when I started this, I mean, just it, it sounds silly to say, but of course, it, of course, it's a lot of work. All the working mothers out here understand what it's like. But just having that first baby that we had born, my my friend's daughter, Daphne, I mean, every time I share the story, it makes me cry. And so, you know, I always say, you know, gosh, even just changing one family's outcome with uh, family planning is just is something that is just an incredible feeling. And it's only the beginning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for that that, uh, coupon code. We are definitely going to put that in the show notes. We're going to list the states. We're going to give all those forward slashes from the website because I've been there and there's a ton of information and we all need to learn some more. So with that, again, I really appreciate your time. I've loved this conversation. Absolutely. Again, I appreciate it as well. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, that was a really good one, just as I promised it would be. Thank you. We so appreciate you listening to us. We so appreciate you supporting, subscribing, rating, reviewing. Please keep it coming. We are almost 30 episodes in, which is crazy. Till the next time, be kind, be well. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.